Hello, welcome to Sports and Songs. Uh, today is December 29th, 2019. So, uh, this is Dan and Andy. Andy, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yourself? Very good, very good. It's our final broadcast of the year, uh, December 29th. We've got a lot of college football bowl games and NFL and uh, lots to talk about today. I'm looking forward to the show. Yeah, I got a lot to cover here. All the bowl games are getting heavy. Uh playoffs and the NFL scenarios for today. So lots to cover there on the football side. So we should start off first uh, with today's show with, uh, let's go with college football. Um, all the other, all these bowl games that are going on. I've been, I've been watching some of these and also with particular interest watching the Big Ten, of course. Now, so far the Big Ten is three and one through their first four games of the bowls. Yeah, thanks, Ohio State. Yeah, they uh, had the lead, then lost it at the end. And the interesting thing is we've got five more bowl games that have Big Ten teams in them because there's nine teams in bowl games from the big representing the Big Ten. So if you're a Big Ten fan, we've got lots of games coming up here. Uh, and if you're a college football fan, we've got plenty of games. None today as they uh, kind of wipe the slate clean on Sunday to focus on NFL football. But a lot of games last night. And then over the next three days, we've got a total of 13 bowl games, uh, four on Monday, five on Tuesday, and four again on a Wednesday. So a total of 13 bowl games for the college football listeners out there in the audience. Yep. Well, yesterday... That includes the Gophers on Wednesday, too. The Gopher game was Wednesday. <clears throat> yes, yes. 1 p.m. Yeah, we'll touch on that here in a second. I just want to go quickly review the games from... You know, Friday we had uh, North Carolina beating Temple, Michigan State beating Wake Forest. Uh, we had Texas A&M beating Oklahoma State, Iowa beating USC in the Holiday Bowl, and then in the Cheez-It, the ever-popular Cheez-It Bowl, Air Force beat Washington State. And yes. Then, and then yesterday, the early games, Notre Dame over Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl. And the Cotton Bowl, it was Penn State over Memphis. And Penn State finished the season 11-2, and two, and the Gophers were one of their only two losses for the season. Yep. And then last night, the, big, uh, the afternoon big games in the, in, the, in the playoffs was LSU winning big over Oklahoma, uh, ending Oklahoma's season. Now, Oklahoma looked good in the first quarter. They were holding their own, and then I don't know what happened to them. They just kind of fell apart. And then uh, Ohio State losing to Clemson in the late game last night. So what we'll have for the championship is LSU against Clemson, both teams 14 and 0. That should be a good ball game, of course. Yeah, odds are uh, two to one odds that LSU is going to win, but I'm thinking Clemson Clemson's going to take the game. I got Clemson as my pick. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, the LSU certainly looked good yesterday, of course. Yeah, they're just a machine. But I don't. Know, for some reason, I like Clemson this year. I've always kind of like them. So they're the three, three seed going in against Ohio State, or three seed going in the tournament, if you will. And I knew that Ohio State would be a tough game, but I, just, I, I like Clemson this year looking in the playoff picture. I hope they can beat, uh, beat LSU and get the win. And it will be good. Now for the games coming up tomorrow, we've got an 11.30 start for one game, and there's two of them at 3 o'clock, and then a 7 o'clock game for Monday night. And then we get into Tuesday, New Year's Eve day with five ball games. And then, uh, of course, on Wednesday is the big New Year's Day. And all those games 
look good. Uh, there's, uh, I mean, the, those four games on New Year's Day all are going to be barn burners, I think. Close, right, close right. matchups. Very exciting. Yeah. I mean, you got Michigan, Alabama. That should be a good game on the first. Uh, Gophers, Auburn. Uh, Georgia Bulldogs and Baylor. That should be a good game. So very, very nice matchups right there. All right. Anything else for college football, Andy? Uh, college football-wise, uh, just in uh, some of the smaller schools coming up, like I said, last week on the 11th, we got NDSU against James Madison for the FCS championship. So that game's coming up. And uh, that should be a good game, too. That'll be on ABC that Saturday. So there'll be some more college football to watch there. And as far as college football goes, that's all I've got, sir. That uh, kind of sums up that for me. Yeah, big uh, big day coming up. Do you want to tackle uh, you know, the NFL? Let's let's go. Let's roll into Minnesota Gophers Golden Gopher football here for the yep. uh, for our next segment. Okay. Well, let's talk Golden Gopher football in the Outback Bowl on Wednesday. What have you got for us, Andy? Well, right now, you know the Gophers. Um, they're not really favored. A lot of people are picking Auburn on the game to win. Gophers kind of have that little. Changing uh, coaches changes there. Uh, offensive coordinator with the Penn State. Uh, so he will not be at the game. Uh, new offensive coordinator taking over there. But uh, like PJ said earlier in the week, he goes, you know, the seniors on this Gopher team have gone through a lot of changes already with uh, Jerry Kill, him leaving at the end of the season, and uh, assistants taking over then, and PJ coming in. So you kind of feel bad for these seniors. They've had to go through a lot of changes their four years there. But the, the program's held up well, I think, too. I mean, Jerry Kill left us a good program. His staff left a good program there for the all went on. PJ brought in a good group. These guys, seniors are your professional college players, if you will. They've gone through this. They've gone through changes. This isn't new to them. They've had to deal with adversity, so they should be fine. You're playing Auburn. So all the spotlight's on Auburn. So you're, you're flying under the radar here. So this should, be, this should be good for them. I mean, they're not favored to win. Uh, the one bowl prediction I'm looking at, 85%. Favorability for Auburn to win, but I got the Gophers winning. Okay, maybe a little bit of a homer pick, but I like the Gophers in this game. So do I. I think the, I know they're un, you know they're the underdog, but the Gophers and Fleck is uh, it's, it's, it's good stuff. I think this will be good. It'll be a good game, and like you said, those seniors once those seniors roll off of the team here, starting for next next year, uh, we'll have more consistency because, like you said, they've gone through between new uh, offensive coordinators and head coaches and all this drama over the last, uh, when they first got into the program, uh, really has switched things up. Now we'll get some stability, and I think this will be this will be fun to watch the next few years here. You know, and here when you look at the numbers even more, you know, everybody's saying, oh, Auburn's going to win, Auburn's going to win. They're only a seven-point favorite. That's one touchdown. They're not favored by 23 points. They're favored by seven. The over-under is 53 and a half. So they're expecting a lot of scoring. Seven points isn't a lot when you got a 53-point over/under, you know. So it could go anywhere here. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be good. Uh, do you know what the weather's going to be like in uh, in Tampa for this game? Right now, it's saying it's going to be 69. Uh, it should be good weather that day on Monday for them. I mean, I'm sorry, on the first there on Wednesday at Raymond James Stadium. So we shall see. So far, we're good weather. They should be cleaned up from anything coming on this weekend, from pro games and that. So looks like uh, weather and field should not be an issue. That should be nice, and that's the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
in the NFL. Yes. Nice stadium down there. That will be that will be fun to watch. Yeah, that's the noon game for us in the Central Time Zone. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, and then after that, then now when did the Gophers fly down there? They're there already. I'm assuming. They're, right? they're there already. Yep, they got there last week or okay. this week. Yep. I see. And then we've got uh, anything else for college? Anything else for the Gopher? Uh, Gopher football. I'm uh, not Gopher football. We do have some other Gopher news. Oh yes, let's um, let's roll into that. Uh, this weekend we start with the Mariucci Classic. They brought that back, the Mariucci Classic. And uh, hockey games was uh, Minnesota schools. It was uh, Saint Cloud State against Minnesota State Mankato in the first game. Minnesota State Mankato's ranked two nationally behind North Dakota. Okay. And in the evening game, it was the Beavers of Bemidji State against the hometown Gophers hosting it. Uh, Bemidji State was actually ranked number 25. Yeah, well, they ranked the top 20, then they were the fifth of the also receiving votes. Being kind of a homer, I'm going to say the Beavers were ranked 25th. Yep. Um, after the games yesterday, it was upsets. St. Cloud State with their 5-7 and seven record upset, number two, Minnesota State, Mankato. And then the afternoon game, the Gophers with their five and nine record beat the eight and five Beavers last night. So in today's games, it's going to be St. Cloud State against the Gophers in the evening game. And at four o'clock, it'll be Mankato against Bemidji State. Now, was that all at Excel Energy Center? That's down at Mariucci. Um, they uh, the Gophers this year for the rest of the year are having boot patches on their uniforms for Coach Ruth passing away last oh, that's week. Right? Yes. Yes. So that might be. Uh, you hate to say that inspired them, but. You take what you can get sometimes, too, you know, for inspiration. So that might have a lot to do with them. Um, staying down on campus right there, go for basketball team, the men's team, picked up another win yesterday over Florida International. They go to 7-5 and five on the year, 1-1 one one in the Big Ten. Uh, they start off more Big Ten games on the 2nd of January against Purdue. The women's team uh, picked up a first Big Ten win against Penn State yesterday. To go to 11 and 1 on the season for the Gopher, Lady oh. Gophers there. Uh, they're not ranked yet, but um, women's basketball is so tight. It's, you know, you can be 11 and 1 and not be in the top 25, and it's really not that big of a surprise this early in the year. Hmm. In a few weeks to keep it up, we'll see how Lindsay and the, has the girls doing down there. Uh, staying on campus with the Gophers, lots of Gopher stuff going on here, and you'll find out why. Yeah, I got a lot of notes here. Uh, Gopher Wrestling is ranked 15th in the country right now. Right now, they're down at the South Beach Duels in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, some of the other schools competing down there for wrestling are Michigan State, Oklahoma, South Dakota State, uh, University of Wyoming, and North Dakota State University. So they got some good schools done that side. Some cakewalk tournament they're going into. Gophers are going in there good. Like I said, they're ranked 15th. Uh, in the Big Ten, Iowa's number one wrestling. That's not a big shock. Iowa's good wrestling school. Uh, men's gymnastics for Gophers are ranked 4th. The women are 11. Uh, and in the swimming and diving, the women are ranked 21st. The men are not ranked, but they're in that also receiving votes category. Okay. And the reason I bring all this up, I saw a stat on Gopher News that uh, Gophers will end the 2019 season as the only Division One school with all their sports having a winning record. Oh, really? So, now I don't know if they're taking like hockey like from January to December, like calendar year, not school year. So like the hockey is below right now. But the only Division One team where everyone will be above 500 for the calendar year. Well, that is a tall task. Well, Congrats to the Gophers. Right there. That's, that's saying a lot for the program that it 
We're not just all football oriented. We're all basketball. We've done enough to everything. Baseball, so like, I mean, swimming we're ranked 21, and the men are getting votes. Gymnastics 11 and four. You know, 15 in wrestling. We're ranked in almost everything. If not, we're pretty darn close. So that makes it fun to go down to the campus and support the local teams down there. Any ticket you can get down at campus to the Gophers for any sport, you're going to see a, a good team giving it 100. percent And that volleyball season came off that great, coming off that great season they had. Yep, they won the final four again. Seems like they're making the tournament all the time now too. So they got a good record going there. You know, baseball's always good in the summer. Softball's good in the summer. They hold their own there. So, like I said, always a good time. Like PJ's got the football team turned around. So it'll be fun. Fun games down there. Well, go Gophers. That is uh, interesting news. That is a good uh, good stat. Uh, very tough to do that in Division One sports, to have all those all the teams, in fact, with winning yep. records in the calendar year. Yep. Wow, that's good stuff. All right, anything more for college uh, sports? I know that kind of does it for you on the college end. Perfect. All right, let's move on to the NFL and some uh, professional right. sports. Uh, what do you have any updates for us, Andy? In the NFL, just kind of while I was looking over the um, playoff scenarios for the NFL, it's always kind of fun to read these last week of the season, what certain teams need to get in and get out, or to get in, certain jockeys, you know. Um, for the AFC, the Oakland Raiders are 7-8 and eight playing Denver today. This is what Oakland needs to have happen to make the playoffs. They need to win, Pittsburgh loses, Tennessee loses, Indianapolis wins, and Oakland will clinch a playoff victory because of a tiebreaker with Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, the Steelers, they need to win, and they need Tennessee to lose or tie. So if Pittsburgh ties, and Tennessee loses, they're in. Or if Tennessee loses and Indianapolis wins, Oakland loses, Pittsburgh's in. I mean, you just read all these scenarios. It's just mind-boggling. Yeah, there's a lot, when you look at it, a lot going on. There's a lot going on, Andy, and the nice thing is that there's no Monday night game this week, so... Today, the playoffs will be um, solidified through, uh, throughout the course of the day. We'll know what's going to happen here. There is a bunch of games at noon, a bunch in the afternoon, and then a one-night game between a couple of AFC teams. So the uh, a- AFC, it's uh, San Francisco and Seattle thing. Oh, yes. So the, so the AFC will be solidified um, after the uh, 3 o'clock games today are, have concluded. We'll have the playoff brackets for that. And then there's a uh, NFC game tonight for the night game. And then we're done. We head into wild card weekends, Saturday and Sunday of the following week here. And looking at all the NFC scenarios, the Vikings are not involved in any of those games. So the Viking game today is basically going to be like week two of the preseason. The starters will be in the first quarter, and that won't be as they pulled everybody to be healthy and safe. Yeah, because it's not going to move them up or down. Uh, they're going to be a, they're going to play a road game regardless in the wild card weekend. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it doesn't matter. They'll get, I don't think they can live in the fives yet. They're stuck at the six seed. That's where they're going to be. Let's just be healthy. Let's get out and be smart. And so they're, uh, they will play their subs, some backups, uh, keep people healthy, not have any yep. injuries, go into the playoffs fresh because they're going to be on the road um, the entire playoff. Uh, so basically the last game here, uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, is, is today. Yes. I see. Well, that would be good. Yes. How about for – for other uh, other local sports, we missed one hot stove note last week. Uh, Jonathan Shoup of the Twins, second baseman, did sign with Detroit for a one-year deal. So they've got uh, now CJ Crone, right? Yeah, CJ Crone off too. 
you know. So lost a couple sticks, lost about 15 home runs between those two guys. So uh, hopefully we pick up some other players. Uh, we don't need anyone else to step it up, y'all. I think our hitting on all cylinders right there as it is. I don't really want to ask too much more of anybody, but uh, we should be good. We pick up some free agents and call up a guy. We should be good. Yeah, that Detroit Tigers team seems to be the uh, Minnesota Twins junior varsity, essentially, with all of the names of the players and the coaches. I mean, uh, Ron Gardenhire is over there. Uh, their AAA coach in the farm league is Doug Minkiewicz, uh, their head coach for right. AAA. So a lot of, lot of former Minnesota Twins in that organization, and now including C.J. Crone and Jonathan Scope. And also on the Minnesota pro teams, uh, Timberwolves dropped to 11-20 and 20 last night. But the sad thing is with the way basketball is and the way it's either all or nothing in basketball, they're 11-20, and 20, but they're only two games out of that last playoff spot. So I know it's early up, but just to show the season's not done, they're still in it. A lot of parity. And the Wild, after a slow start, picked that up there on 19-15-5 with 43 points, one point out of the last playoff spot. They've been, uh, since November 1st, the best team in the NHL, points and record-wise. So that's always fun. And uh, 48 days till the Daytona 500. Oh, countdown. The countdown is the end. And that same week is also when pitchers and catchers report. Before you know it, it'll be Fourth of July. Well, the January is also good for uh, yeah, NCAA Division One basketball. The conference play gets into full force, which takes us to January and in February. And then next thing you know, it's March Madness with all the state tournaments and also yep. the Final Four brackets. Uh, with games really get hot and heavy there in in March. And like you said, it's uh, April's around the corner. Championship for NCAA basketball is that first week of April. Baseball. Well, basketball already has had five number one teams already. Been number one, been a week or two, and lost. So men's basketball this year should be very exciting. There's no one team running away already with it. They've all been dropping it. And it's going to be a very fun season for NCAA men's basketball. Yeah, a lot of movement in that top five. Uh, and will be fun to watch. And before I know it, it'll be July 4th, like he stated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, anything else for sports today? Um, no, that, that sums it up for me right there. Perfect. All right. All right, Andy, on to the musical section of uh, the musical segment of the broadcast. Um, yes. Have you got any in- interesting notes, tidbits, birthdays uh, for today? Yeah, I do. Uh, for the week in music here, um, I know you said you've been reading the Motley Crue book, and uh, it's mentioned in there, but uh, December 22nd, 1987, is when Nikki Six and Motley Crue was actually pronounced dead on arrival in the ambulance when his heart stopped beating for two minutes. He was given two shots of adrenaline in his chest to, relieve, to revive him. Uh, now, of course, if you're reading the book, Nikki Six will actually tell you he's died twice. It's... Uh, kind of claim to fame he likes to brag about but just a miracle you're gone for two minutes like that that's very rare you hear people coming back like that so he is and what and what song uh, came after that to uh to to, to memor to bring to memory that incident oh, that would be kickstart my heart sir yes it, it, it actually yes they had to kickstart him 
uh, Back to Life After Being Dead, and that uh, the famous song Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue that was based on uh, that real-life experience um, where he was legally dead. Yep. And then uh, for birthdays for the week, for last week, we had uh, December 23rd was the birthday for Derek Smalls, bass player of Spinal Tap. Derek Small, okay. Yes. Uh, December 23rd is also the birthday for Dave Murray, uh, guitarist from Iron Maiden. Okay. Uh, again, also on 20th, December 23rd, Eddie Vedder, Pearl Jam, his birthday. But then, of course, December 24th, most important, one of the most important birthdays in music, Lemmy of Motorhead. Lemmy. 24th was his birthday, but Lemmy is, has left us way too soon. Lemmy, I think, had, had more stories and songs to go with. But Lemmy celebrated his birthday on the 24th up on Streets of Gold. And uh, I'm sure there was quite the uh, concert for that, for him up there. And Lemmy was a regular in uh, on the Hollywood Sunset Strip at the Rainbow. Yes. Yes, Lemmy liked his uh, extracurricular activities. He had a good uh, good fun, good fun. And as far as concerts go, um, there's really only one to talk about coming up this week. New Year's Eve at Medina, Hairwall will be there. So always puts Always puts on a good show. Always a good show. Medina's not that bad a spot. You know, they kind of rips up, but Medina's a good spot for concerts. I've been there for a couple, and they're not that bad. Very good, very good. What have you been listening to this week? Well, this week I've been listening to the Ozzy Osbourne 1986 release, The Ultimate Sin. Ah. And so that, that, was, the, uh, that was the fourth studio album by British heavy metal vocalist Ozzy Osbourne, released February 22nd, 1986. And he was, you know, previously with Black Sabbath... Uh, and then got fired, went on his own, and um, went and kind of had some revolving musicians behind the scenes. Some were stable as far as staying there a while. Some were not. This particular album I selected because of the because of the uh, uh, the, the personnel. Let's call it the personnel. Ozzy on vocals, of course. Jake E. Lee was on guitar, and uh, and this was the last uh, album he appeared on, and. Uh, they went on to use uh, Zach Wilde after that, but boy, Jakey e. Lee was good. In fact, he the, had a problem with Ozzy the the album before, after the 1983 Bark at the Moon album. A lot of Jake E. Lee's uh, music uh, and and lyrics and uh, inf- uh, comp- comp- composition was in there, but was not credited with it, and he was not receiving any royalties or anything because Ozzy kind of. Uh, jacked him out of the, uh, the situation. So he was going to, uh, he refused to contribute anything until he had a contract in front of him, guaranteeing his writing co- credit and publishing rights. And so when, uh, when, when Ozzy Osbourne checked out of the Betty Ford center in 1985, uh, after undergoing treatment for substance abuse, Jake E. Lee, Jake E. Lee actually presented most of the material for this album and most, and much of it was used. And of course he got the credit rights uh, this time around when they repressed and remastered that bark at the moon's CD, he was uh, given rights and given credit, but uh, I think it was a sore spot at one point, but Jakey e. Lee was, was very good on that. Phil uh, Susan was on the bass and this was the only album he ever appeared on with Ozzy uh, and uh, played bass. The, and his song, his claim to fame for this was the, the hit, the hit song shot in the dark. 
that was the single off of this album, and that was uh, that was all Phil Susan's work, and um, he went on to do other other uh, other things in music along the way. But that was his claim to fame was that one song, and then he moved on. The drummer was Randy Castillo, and Randy Castillo, as you know, Andy uh, started off with the Lita Ford band, and yes. was was in between. Um, gigs when Ozzy needed a drummer and the recommendation came in from Motley Crue's drummer Tommy Lee to Ozzy directly he says get a hold of Randy Castillo Randy Castillo could could drum for you on your upcoming album and sure enough he did and uh, Randy Castillo was a long uh, long time drummer for lots of bands died in 2002 after undergoing a um, some medical issues and then had a lump on his on his throat with some sort of uh, cancer in his jaw or his throat area and was in the process of putting another band together when he died in 2002 so and funny you mentioned Randy Castillo he did some work with Miley Crew and he was also in Vince Neal's band too yes yeah Castillo bounced around um I am surprised that of how uh, how many all the different places he was uh, that he located that he was located in fact just by doing my research today i did find out that there was a, a dvd a documentary on randy castillo's life in the music business uh, a 90 minute documentary about randy castillo and it's narrated by lita four yeah. but that uh, but that album the ultimate sin by ozzy uh, was 1986 had the songs ultimate sin uh, secret loser never mm-hmm. know why Lightning Strikes, Fool Like You, and of course, Shot in the Dark. But they also had two anti-war songs. And we know that Ozzy, with his time with Black Sabbath, was a big proponent of anti-war types of songs and lyrics. And this album contained two of them, Thank God for the Bomb and Killer of Giants. Both those are anti-war songs with the lightning, uh, I'm sorry, with the lyrics. Or the Thank God for the Bomb was, if this is the only thing that keeps the peace, of the nuclear bomb. Thank God we've got the bomb, if that's the only thing keeping the peace. And so Killer of Giants is another one talking about um, big, big war and uh, things to that effect. And and so th- this was this was this was good. I went double, double platinum. The working title for this album was supposed to be Killer of Giants, um, that anti-war song by Ozzy. At the last minute, he changed to the ultimate Sin, and that's a whole song based on uh, betrayal, and and that the music video for Ultimate Sin was very was very well done. It focuses it's kind of a shot at on big oil companies down in Dallas and Texas, kind of a shot on the television series Dallas as well, um, as far as uh, the money and the uh, and the betrayal that takes place in power. And so he changed that uh, Ultimate Sin at the last minute uh, to to. Um, to, to be the ultimate sin title of this album. Now, I know I mentioned before, uh, Jake E. Lee was, was fired uh, a- after this. He was actually fired, uh, unexpectedly fired by Ozzy Osbourne's wife and manager, Sharon. The specific yes. justification for Lee's dismissal remains unknown to this day, but Ozzy didn't even know that, that he was fired. So something happened there, and that's what brought in Zach, uh, Zach Wild, but very interesting, always with with Ozzy and his. Uh, there's always interesting scenarios going on with that. And, and in fact, when he was in 1985, the final final segment here of uh, of what I've got in my notes is they had gotten back together to do a reunion tour that that year in '85 with Black Sabbath, 
And yes. so they, they, it interrupted the recording, uh, recording studio time in Paris, France for this ultimate sin album because they had to, um, break and, and Ozzy had to go do his thing. And so they had other people working on some of the de demos from the album, including the drummer, uh, Jimmy DeGrasso, formerly from Megadeth and Y&T, and also uh, Bob Daisley was working on uh, some of these things. But uh, and that Black Sabbath summer reunion for that concert that was that was for the Live Aid. Concert. Yes, I remember that Live Aid concert. That was a great concert too. You ever get a chance to see some of that stuff on YouTube? Well, I think that that was one. Really that's the was that the Queen uh, yep. reunion as well. Sabbath. And Iron Maiden are the only two metal bands. Or no, I'm sorry, Sabbath and Judas Priest are the only two metal bands there. Oh, at Live Aid. Okay. So, but uh, you talk about the uh, guys coming from Lita Ford. Lita Ford's also Sharon Osbourne's also her manager, also. Okay. Okay. So I made the paperwork a little easier for like, well, yeah, we get them contractually. It's no problem, you know. Sharon was manager for so many metal bands and artists back then in the '80s, so it was pretty easy for guys to hop around. Yeah, a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of good stuff there. So anyway, that one, uh, that Ultimate Sin uh, went double platinum back when it was released in 80, 86. Went platinum first in 86, and I think it was 1994. It was uh, done as double platinum. Uh, but that's all I've got for t for today. Anything else on music, Andy? Uh, no, that should sum it up right there for me. That sounds good. I, I remember listening to that album when it came out. That's when we still like cassettes. Oh, yeah. That's how that I am. Yep, that yeah, is. so that was a very good one. That was a good one. Good call. Very good. And that's all i got for So next week, we'll be able to focus on the Gophers' results of the Gopher Outback Bowl. Also, the uh, NFL playoffs. Uh, we'll have a preview um, session for the upcoming playoffs for the NFL and, um, and whatnot. And our NFL playoff picks will be next week. Perfect. I'll be working on those this week. I'll be hard yes. at work with those, Andy. All right. Thanks for uh, listening. For the listeners out there, please leave your comments below and ask any questions, and we will get to them in the next episode. All right, and don't forget, wherever you, format you find it on Spotify, Google, whatever, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, and you'll be notified right away when the new episode drops. Perfect. All right, sounds good. I'll see you next week. All right, bye-bye. See ya.